0: Hey, everybody, this is Marco Casanova, and I'm here with Miss Abigail Ford.
1: Hello, everybody.
0: <laughs> and we just got back from a week of great, great experience.
1: Yes, at the uh, Living Waters Training with the Theology of the Body Institute. Christopher West and his yes. amazing team. Shout out to them. We really love them.
0: Yeah, Christopher, Jason all of your staff, it's just pretty, they're pretty amazing. Yeah. They were such a joy to work with. And it's kind of, I mean, just to be there and to be actually doing what I think is our best, it's, it's the, it's the best we offer, you know, (laughs) our Living Waters training, our Living Waters leadership training. It felt really cool to be under the banner of the Theology of the Body Institute.
1: Yeah. And what, 10, 20 years in the making, Andrew and Christopher, just powerful friendship over the decades, and and honestly, Christopher being the first one to hand Andrew <laughs> right. John Paul II's book, Theology of the Body, and that's amazing. That's what a history!
0: So cool. And yeah. it's like seven seventy participants.
1: Our biggest this year. Yeah, biggest that's in the a past year,
0: y'all. Seventy seven zero. That so was glad. amazing, and they're all like young, pretty young people. You know. Yeah. I I mean, the average age
1: was like early 30s, I think Dean said. Yeah, that was
0: really cool. So all that to say, I felt like it was a big step for us in the Catholic world, Hmm. you know, which to maybe some of our hearers, like um, our our beloved evangelical, um, you know, people who do Living Waters throughout the country and our partners Hmm. are so obviously so grateful. There's so much of our roots of Living Waters in the evangelical world. Um, But this step into the Catholic world is just really big. Yeah, I mean, I
1: I think I was telling our staff this a few days ago, but I remember when I lived in Atlanta and was doing a Living Waters group there for many years and heard just, you know, by the wayside that the author, the founder of this ministry had become Catholic. I guess this would have been like 2011. Um, I was thoroughly in the evangelical world at that Mm -hmm. point, so no real connection to Catholics. I mean, if I'm honest, my shame, probably. But in, in that season, I was just so steeped in my evangelical world. And and yet, when I heard that Andrew became Catholic, I remember feeling this deep peace internally and this deep expectancy, like, oh, Lord, you have, you have this gift for your whole church. And that includes my Catholic brother, brothers and sisters. Wow. And I remember resonating with that, even though that was kind of where i left it it didn't it didn't draw me into catholicism in that season but i i did feel that the lord was strategic in in andrew's conversion and his invitation to become catholic and now here we are what a decade later and discovering that the lord the lord does want his whole bride yeah to be healed and restored in the areas of their sexuality. And I think, I mean, we're biased because we work for Desert Stream, (laughs) but I do think the Living Waters offering is one of the best. And so why wouldn't he want to give this gift to to our Catholic family?
0: When I think of two things in particular that I think were pretty new for Catholics, I think of, one, just lingering in the power of the Holy Spirit, like waiting Mm. on the Lord. I think of just John Wimber the vineyard movement mm-hmm. the power of just waiting for the holy spirit to fall. Yeah. I mean that was so, that's something I think pretty remarkable about the whole living waters ethos that was presented I think really <laughs> well at the, uh, the theology of the body institute. Like mm-hmm. I remember going to living waters for the first time and I was just not used to that like oh huh. wait what are we doing like <laughs> we're just standing here waiting and people are praying for me giving me these beautiful mm. words. But what a gift! It's true mutual enrichment, right? Like I hope the evangelicals will see, like, wow, there's so much richness in, in like, for example, John Paul II's whole, you know, theologizing and philosophizing on the human person. Like, hopefully that that is a that is a a, an avenue of freedom for some of our evangelical friends, and and vice versa. I have found such freedom Mm. in the power of lingering in the, in the presence of the holy spirit wow. and waiting for him like of course he comes right yeah so i feel like we offered that to these catholics yeah. this past week
1: you know can i ask you something mm-hmm. obviously i i am catholic now but i'm about what 6 months in and so i bring so much of my charismatic evangelical <laughs> self with me I think um, you're
0: probably like... Probably a little bit more Catholic than me. I'm say at this
1: point. i <laughs> <laughs> about three percent of four days. I don't know, but I do want to ask you because uh, Catholics do have this rich tradition and and space of adoration where yeah. they sit in the presence of the Eucharist and and to me, as as I see and witness, so many of my Catholic. Uh, family prioritizing that place with the Lord, se- setting apart time in their weeks for adoration mm. and being in a church, being with the host. It, like I see that, and I go, "Oh, this is the lingering presence mm. and and possibility for encounter." And certainly, that's my expectation. Not that we, we always get big revelation or big encounter in those moments, mm-hmm. um, but I, I would wonder, and this would be my question for you. I think is that. In the place where adoration, it really is so me and Jesus-centric, right? Yeah. I'm before the host, and I'm there. Would the difference that you experience with the, the living waters lingering and ministry time be that I'm before the Lord, but then other people are before the Lord with me hmm. and listening? I, I'm yeah. just curious.
0: No, that's a good point. I never, I never really made that distinction. I mean, I, I, I like both. I do think that there is something... Just in me as a Catholic that (laughs) loves just being in silence before the Eucharist, before the Lord. Um, But there is something, one thing I really like about these ministry times, and for those who don't know what we're talking about, after after a particular teaching, we ask people to come up if (laughs) they have maybe a particular place in their life that they've just been hit by the word, by the preached word, by... By a witness and and their yearning for Jesus to move in this particular space, we say, "Come up!" And mm-hmm. by your movement of coming to the front, you're you're saying to God and His people, "I want this. Mm-hmm. I need this." Would that be adequate? Yes, would... absolutely. And so I do think there is something of of power in the movement. Mm-hmm. You know, of someone saying, "I want to be ministered to here." Yeah. Holy Spirit, minister to me here. Yeah. People of God, minister to me to me here. So um, I love that. I so love that, but I I also um, I also get a little tired out. If I'm being honest,
1: (laughs) (laughs) sometimes I'm like
0: the the mildly charismatic. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. I love it. Like the music and and just lingering the. It's not loud. I'm not I'm not trying to characterize it as kind Mm -hmm. of loud or bombastic or trying to emote. If you you know, I'm not trying to rouse feelings that you don't have. It's not that at all. Really, it's very simple. It's very sweet. Our experience of, of this in Living Waters, but there is something so I find so comforting of just being before the Lord in the Eucharist and just kind of,
1: mm-hmm. you know, yeah, like Mary of Bethany, yeah, right. Like I'm just here receiving whatever you pour out, yeah, Jesus. Which is is not unlike what we do in Living Waters, but you're right. There's there is something a little bit more. Um, I don't know of a, of a call to like activating our spirits to say yes or our mm-hmm. souls to say yes to what the spirit is doing um, in a ministry time and and you're right it is quiet it's not it's not typically very loud or forceful though maybe sometimes we pray and and really ask and, and ask the Lord for things but it it does strike me as different than adoration mm. but but also it, it kind of I feel like it's it has a continuity of sorts like if we can sit in adoration then the invitation to like come Holy Spirit now in this area that I need you it just makes sense and we need both right. and, and they're really not like different they're not really on opposite ends of any spectrum I think in a way one just opens us to the other and I, and I know I know for me, at least, when I, I sit before the Lord in that way, I receive so much through the power mm-hmm. of His Holy Spirit, not always big downloads, but there's often some some level of impartation. Mm-hmm. But I, I realize mm-hmm. most of the time I'm alone in that place. And I think like where John Wimber and the Vineyard Roots would uh, minister in this Place of the Holy Spirit, I think what he's also doing is saying the body can minister to the body. Yeah. And we can activate them to minister to each other.
0: Yeah, I so love I think it's both and you know. I love it both, (laughs) you know. I think I would I would get rather bored if it was just me before the Eucharist silent, you know. I also need an activation. You know, I need to activate in the power of the Holy Spirit, take my place as a member of of Christ's body. Um. Not only in, in reception of other people's laying on of their hands on me, but also vice versa. Me laying hands on other people in in an activated state, I think is so yeah. important for me, Abby. What I love about adoration, like silent adoration is I'm like really ta- I feel like I'm really talky, huh. you know, I like words. I like hearing amazing preachers. Mm. I, I hope I become like an a more yeah. uh, just a more excellent speaker. I think we all yeah. here feel that at Desert Stream like we speak a lot. Mm-hmm. So there's something particularly restful about just being quiet.
1: Yeah.
0: And not having to think about something perfect to say or impress with words. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the downside of speaking the gospel, right? Like mm-hmm. we're human. Mm-hmm. It's like we want to impress people. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not t- terribly bad. We want people to be delighted mm-hmm. in the preached message, but at the same time that's really that could be very tiring. Yeah. So there's something beautiful about silent adoration where it's like I don't have to
1: say anything. Wow. You know what I mean? Does that yeah, make sense? Totally.
0: I mean that does sound like so spiritual, like hyper spiritual, <laughs> but it's like, oh wow, I can just kind of sit here.
1: Yeah. No, and that's I mean I think that's a part of my question as an evangelical, like what are mm. people in adoration thinking or experiencing yeah. or um, opening to the Lord in, and, and and I don't really know because we don't really talk about that because it is so personal and, and in a way wholly private ground mm-hmm. and and I I think there's something so beautiful about that and I would agree like we have to have that in our walk with the Lord places right. where it's just us before him and just yeah enjoying each other's company wasting time with each other I mean what's more relationally securing than that like I don't have to say anything I don't have to do anything I right. just I'm just with you Lord and I think that's that's the value of getting the rhythm of, of adoration as a part of our journeys. Right. So,
0: and I think too it's like posturing myself before Jesus. Not not a bad posturing, but mm-hmm. like a good posturing, mm-hmm. like posturing myself, opening opening myself. A posture of openness before the divine mercy. Mm. That's just helpful for me. It's like, okay, Lord, you can um you can help me in these places where, I mean, I, you probably you could probably relate to this, Abby, just taking on more leadership roles here at Desert mm-hmm. Stream. It's like, oh, wow, I'm like thinking a lot about that and that and that. And it's like all these little things. So it's mm-hmm. like, okay, Lord, I'm just going to be before you. And I this is actually my way of giving these things to you. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah.
0: So adoration helps me with that too. Wow. You know, helps me to give more of my life more of what concerns me, more of what excites me, more of what I'm in love with or who I'm in love with or whatever the case might be. It's like, okay, this is my opportunity to Amen. give it to Jesus, you know.
1: Amen. Well, and it, it, kind of going back to our TOB training where we just were, I think that was the kind of the amazing rhythm of our days. Every day there was an hour set apart for yeah. adoration and confession for anyone who wanted to experience, partake of, enjoy that. And then of course we had our rigorous three session days and all of that, two small groups. I mean they're full <laughs> days. How did we pack it all in? I have no idea. But uh, to me what was so incredible is that people had they had the grace for it and as as we're saying, so many young Catholics and Catholics really of all ages stage there and entering in fully, which I think just blessed our hearts yeah. immensely Amen. because like you're saying, I need I need this silent place before the Lord, but I, I need this communal space as well, and there's so much for me to get. And I, and I, I, I think people grew in that awareness as the week went on, in mm-hmm. initial days. What is this? What am I doing? How am I opening myself? And to whom am I opening? I don't know. These people, they're telling their stories from the front, but who are they? <laughs> right. But progressively through the week, I think settling – settling in and finding kind of a communal home with this living waters training family it was yeah. so beautiful to me
0: no exactly and it's amazing too I, I i experienced this in the rhythm of the cross like you say i mean hmm. that beautiful just rhythm of the cross being known in the light yes. There's something about people knowing me more that it's actually easier for me to enter into silent time with Jesus. Yeah, Because yeah. I'm not playing this mind game of like, should I tell them that or right? Or, you know all of, you know what I'm yes. talking about? Like it's so weird. Like sometimes we can <laughs> we can compartmentalize our spiritual life, and then my prayer. I remember in the seminary prior to like my conversion my silent prayer was kind of torturous yeah. because I'm like, okay, I'm trying yeah. to keep all of these things in the dark and he doesn't know that, but he doesn't all this. Mom. And it's like, that's so stupid. Yeah. So there is something about the, the one-to-another ministry experiences really bolstering and um, purifying our personal time with Jesus.
1: So true. You know? <laughs> and, and didn't you see it on everyone's faces? Totally. You know, at the beginning of the week, people don't know me at all. At the end of the week... I've shared something with these near strangers who now know maybe not my last name, but they <laughs> know where I sinned last year. Right. You know, it's exactly. like what yeah. a crazy concept, and and what a crazy thing that people open to it. But it, it speaks to me of the need that we have uh, to be to be in safe community. That that actually is safe community. That's casting a vision for our lives, not yeah. just conceding to our you know our weak patterns of sexual and relational sin or temptation I mean there's something unifying about that and people entered right in
0: right I love the first night of the Living Waters training and I'll just describe it to our listeners this is something so different than any other Catholic Hmm. setting that I've experienced and that's our leadership team gets up and they They just share what they've received from Living Waters in a sort of very vulnerable way, you know, not giving the gory details.
1: (laughs) Well, they only have a minute. (laughs) Right. They only have a minute. That's right.
0: It's like, you only have a minute, guys, so please. And if you go over a minute, I'm going to cut you off. But there is something beautiful about them just sharing Mm -hmm. very shameful places, like even naming things like same-sex attraction or pornography or adultery. And... And they're they're sh- they're kind of opening access points yeah. for the hearers, like okay, I I can have need here, yeah. I can I don't have to be shamed here, like my my sin isn't so special or so exotic that people are going to be surprised. So instead of leading out with our credentials, like oh so and so has a doctorate in theology, right, or so and so is a is a therapeutic you know, uh, <laughs> guru you know it's like no, we're broken. yeah and Jesus has met us. And believe you me guys, the, the people who are on this team, they have credentials they to do. show. I mean they, they do. these are really capable people both within the church and from without mm-hmm. and yet they they lead out in their brokenness and for Catholics that is just unheard of. We just well, don't do that well, you know yeah. Catholics are so used to just going to the professionals like who's the professional? <laughs> who's the most who's the most, Accredited professional, I can have access to. Oh. They will be able to help me, and it's like, okay, that's kind of that's not bad, maybe. <laughs> you know, like yeah, get mm-hmm. a good therapist and get the best priest as your confessor, like yeah. the best, po- you know, all of that's not, that's okay. But
1: mm-hmm.
0: there's something so countercultural to to the Catholic culture <laughs> in our Living Waters world, and I think that opened up something really special for wow. our hearers. We lead out with our brokenness. This is where Jesus met me, where I was most shamed and most vulnerable and Mm -hmm. you know something so special that I think was very new for them
1: yeah and I appreciate what you said you know it's not about spilling out I think sometimes people could hear that and go like oh my gosh that sounds like a mess like Mm -hmm. oh who wants to hear about all of the woe is me stories the ways that we've you know our lives have fallen apart and yet I don't think that's how how Living Waters witnesses share. I mean, they always share in the light of resurrection power, which is, yes, this is my brokenness, but but I've encountered Jesus here. And so we share our weakness, our sinfulness, our historic temptations with a perspective of, but but Jesus has met me there, and so Mm -hmm. in that way, I think that's why it comes across as hopeful and, and clear and even ordered to the right. hearer. It doesn't feel like messy sharing, which we've all heard, right? right? We hear the person stand up and, God bless, maybe they're just early in their healing, but but they go on and on and, and it's clear like, oh, something is not resolved there. Something is still like quite out of order in yeah. this person's witness, so to speak. But but in living waters, you know, we, we share where the Lord has met us and where he's still meeting us, but we're taking some ground. And I think that's what gives people hope because they mm-hmm. hear that and go, oh, you know, th- this place of my soul is not unredeemable. Right. Jesus can enter into that fracture and give me a, a new place to stand, but not erase it in the sense of, Now I never speak of it again. Exactly. No, I speak of it because it's where I know Jesus most deeply and most mercifully. And that gives everyone hope. Yeah. gives me hope. Every time we hear the witnesses, my jaw drops. I'm like, you guys are amazing. You're just good (laughs) people.
0: (laughs) I know. And honestly, Abby, I think we have to really pay much respect to Andrew. Like, I think Andrew teaches us how to do this. Amen. Like, artfully, with beautiful finesse, even with delight Mm -hmm. and humor Mm -hmm. of... It's okay to be a pilgrim in process. It's okay to be a pilgrim in process and yeah. integration. Yeah, there's there's fits and starts, right? Is that what they say? Is yeah, that the fits saying? and starts. Fits and starts. Yes. <laughs> you know how you say a saying? You're like, yes. Is that, that the
1: right quote?
0: <laughs> fits and starts, and um, but if we fall, we fall forward. Like yes. all of these, all of these little yeah. mantras that really help us to understand, like. The, the the mess maybe that's the wrong word but the mess of process yes you know that okay lord that we're integrating a, a pretty dynamic part of my my personhood my sexuality yes maybe if i have a history of broken boundaries or sexy idols whatever the case might be that the inner the integrative journey is going to be a little it's going to be an adventure yes. <laughs> and and be able to hear the witness of people who say yeah i'm walking this out and this is what it looks like and this is where I, you know, I tripped up to my shame, but Jesus' mercy met me here. And yeah. I love that. Yeah. You know, the Catechism says that chastity is the promise of immortality. <laughs> chastity is the promise of immortality. And when I think of that, I think of that chastity is not just a hobby for heavy-handed Catholics. Right. It's actually a part of our redemption, that we have to be integrated in our embodied sexuality. Yeah. That it it's not just a hobby; it's actually at the essence of what it means to be redeemed. Yes, we have to be chased. Yes, and so walking this out step by step, in process as pilgrims, is really important that we see how other people do it, how other people fall and fail but get back up.
1: Yeah,
0: how other people are frustrated but not unto frustration's sake, but frustrated unto integration, and how that looks. Yeah, I just think that is so much more hopeful than just oh, Jesus took this away from me. I don't even struggle anymore. It's like, wait, no, no, no. Yes, you do. (laughs) You have little struggles. Like, share that with us. Give us an insight into that. Catholics got that at TOB this week.
1: They sure did. And I don't
0: know where else they would get something like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, you might know more than I what's available, (laughs) but I I certainly think that, that we give... We give a space to be honest about our healing and our integration yeah. process, to become chaste. That it isn't, you know, one of our little taglines on a video we have is to become chaste together. I mean, yeah. chastity is about our interpersonal purity, our interpersonal uh, gift to each other, gift giving. And it's about our, our individual integrity. You know, mm-hmm. am I integrous in my own core, within myself, me? Yeah, am I am I walking in integrity and I think in that way living waters is is a place to do the process. It doesn't concede us to our failure or even encourage slipping and falling, but neither does it uh, imagine us as being utterly, you know, purified in our flesh today. It's like, right. you know, my flesh is being purified. Um and I know where God has called me because I understand what chastity is, right? Mm. I know what integration is, but but to get there, I'm actually going through the narrow way of my early formation, my years of habituated routine, not even sin, but just you know ways I think or ways I see people or see myself. And, and that, that is a slow process. We don't <laughs> do that overnight. And I yeah. think that's in a way the, the adventure of our faith. Is that we do this with the Lord, we do this with His body, and when we can finally be honest about that, yeah. that is the liberation. I don't have to be perfect in front of all of my the the Christian members around me. Oh, they're trying to be perfect and have it all together. And again, it's not that I like <laughs> slipping and sliding sometimes, right. but right. but to know that you know I could have. I could have a day where I struggle internally or where I'm a little off kilter, something is uncentering me whether my own flesh or whether the devil or whether mm-hmm. just the the circumstances of a broken world. Am I allowed am I allowed to wrestle to overcome in that place or do I just have to say that I've got I've finished this process already? And and for me, I mean, living waters has been that. It's the community where I'm allowed to be in process. And it is so freeing. And frankly, it's the community where I I'm able to be called out in my process. I don't even see where I'm failing sometimes. And this community says, oh, Abby, like, have you considered maybe you should grow in that place? I'm like, oh, I really haven't, <laughs> but would probably be good if I did. And it's so, it feels loving. It, it feels like holy chastening. It's yeah. not, it's not shaming and condemning. And I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful to offer it to other people.
0: Amen. And I think too, like, Living Waters is is boundaryed and confidential. There's a good form yeah. to this, you know, to where pastors or priests who are listening and thinking like, "Man, I, I yeah, I, I don't want this to be a messy thing in my parish," you know, I don't want this to be an opportunity for fallout. It's like, well, Living Waters is is structured. It's boundaryed so that things like that don't happen, Yeah. right? There's there's uh, an ensuring on that oh, both parties, both the leadership team and the participants. Um, have safe, have a mm-hmm. very safe, boundaryed, confidential space yeah. to be known, to process, to hear teachings, to worship, all of that, and and I, I really, I really value that. I think that's a really important aspect of the whole week yeah. of T O B. Is that yes, it's not like oh, we're just here witnessing and and being kind of messy in our process. It's like no, it's like there's a form, you yeah. know, there's a form, there's a there's a structure, and that helps us mm-hmm. and. Yeah, as kind of the overseer, I oversee Living Waters in the United States. Abby really coordinates and oversees Living Waters in uh, the world, <laughs> international. <laughs> Sounds but so I big, think, but <laughs> I, I think we can both say Abby that mm-hmm. uh, there there's a pride and a confidence that the the there are there are structures in place yeah. that people are safe in their journey right to wholeness.
1: Well, and and people in every area of our world and and when you mentioned priests we had seven priests at this training and and they walked away Uh, I was like dude what yes and they're saying to us can we bring this to our parish and we go yes I mean you absolutely can like let's walk the process and that that speaks something that those who are shepherding members submitted to being shepherded which is I mean only a gift like when does when does a leader just get to take off that hat for a little bit? They didn't, they didn't release their priestly function. They worked hard the whole mm-hmm. week. But, but then they also, they rested in, in community, which I just, it blew my mind. Yeah. These amazing men and how they entered in to the, the process to receive and then how it empowered all of them to want to give even right. more. It was beautiful. And that's what it does. Whatever, whether we're leaders, whether we're members, Wherever we are in the church, the Lord invites us to this place
0: it was neat it's neat too that I mean I, I find that very um, honoring that priests trust this place to um, to be known. Amen you know it's not easy to find today and they come here and they're able to work on on pretty deep areas Amen. because it's safe you know
1: yeah and can we let our priests have some deep areas to walk walk out? Amen. Yeah. I mean, in, in Living Waters, I think one of our heartbeats is just how can we help form people who are going to be leaders, who yeah. are going to be ministers in the church, and how can we help them address issues before they become felons, mm-hmm. you know? that That is heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. and And we hear sometimes people who have struggled in secret for years, maybe not acting out, praise God, but even ones, perhaps, who who fell, they they had no place to go, and I think Living Waters is becoming at least a bit more of an op- of an option for people.
0: I have to say, Abby, you did a heck of a job at the training.
1: Oh, back at you. Yeah, it was really we were really good. <laughs> we exercised our muscles, <laughs> taught a lot. Oh we, my gosh. Yeah. I've been we,
0: going to bed so early these days.
1: <laughs> tell me about it. I. Yeah, I'm earlier like, Why this am week. i so tired. Yep. It's only 6 p.m. <laughs> exactly. No,
0: Usually I'm, I'm like, ns, ns, ns. I'm just kidding. I don't, <laughs> I don't club.
1: No, that's good to know. <laughs> uh, I
0: need to make that public statement. No, it was such a gift, and so we're grateful. So, for all of you who were there with us this week, thank you. Bless you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for being open mm-hmm. to the power of the Holy Spirit. Like the priest, the good, our good chaplain said at the the end of the week, it was like worshiping with porous hearts. These <laughs> hearts that were just overflowing with the mercy, and there was something that elevated the worship. And I yeah. I, I can attest to that. It was really a tremendous experience. So yeah. thank you.
1: So come join us. We actually have two more trainings this year. We have one in California in April. Mm-hmm one in Kansas City in July. Uh, The dates are all on our website, desertstream.org, but we'd love to have you. Come join us.
0: Yeah, we look forward to seeing you there. God bless you guys.